This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional help. If you or someone you know is facing difficulties, I advise you consult a psychologist. Hi everyone and welcome to Psych for Life with Dr. Amanda Ferguson. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ferguson. Today's episode is about micro-cheating. What is it and where to draw the line? I'm often asked by the media about serious relationships and what are the rules? What's right? What's wrong? What's okay? What's not okay? And now we have this term micro-cheating. Micro-cheating, of course, is not a psychological term, but it can cause many people a lot of stress, guilt, and even destroy relationships. In this episode, you'll have an opportunity to think through this complex issue and ponder on where you stand and what you want to do about boundaries in your relationship. For some people, boundaries or deal breakers in their relationships are clear cut and non-negotiable. Of course, some cultures and religions prescribe these boundaries, but I'm talking about individualistic cultures and people people who are questioning and trying to work out their own ways of running a serious relationship and all the potential challenges that are bound to come along. Micro-cheating is generally considered to be tame or not enough to hurt a serious relationship, but it often does. Take the examples of catching your partner staring at an attractive person or bantering in a flirty way. What about drinks with a colleague you secretly like a lot more than usual? In many of these situations, a person would choose not to tell their partner, and this is for so many different reasons, either because they think it's not important enough or because it's acceptable behaviour to the couple or because they don't want to hurt the partner, break the trust, get themselves into trouble incite their partner to feel they have the right to micro-cheat as well or to risk losing the relationship. All these reasons and many more are why people often don't tell about micro-cheating. Ultimately, the idea of what constitutes micro-cheating is relative to each relationship. A micro-cheat for one couple might be perfectly acceptable, even spice up their relationship or be part of their arrangement to another couple. And yet for other couples, it might be a deal-breaker and even end the relationship. Micro-cheating is an opportunity to discuss your relationship, ideally to broker a deal or a psychological contract in your relationship. Of course, it's better to have done this up front when we're dating to discuss these ideas of, you know, what's okay and what's not okay. But we always have to revisit these things in relationships. Relationships keep growing and evolving. So when couples discuss or discover micro-cheating, they're working out boundaries and what represents unfaithfulness to their relationship. They're assessing what the micro-cheat means. For instance, does it mean you no longer find me attractive? Do you want to be with that other person? Do you want to end our relationship? Do you admire or respect them more than me? Or is it simply a spontaneous act that was unconscious? So micro-cheating can cause insecurity and it can uncover our insecurities. It's going to be viewed as unfaithfulness or emotional infidelity by people who don't accept this particular behaviour in their relationship. 
It can be viewed as a personal attack or threat to our partner, even when it's been an innocent or unconscious behaviour, like glancing at an attractive stranger whose beauty catches our eye before we even know it. Research shows that flirting actually makes the flirter feel good about themselves. So a lot of people think flirting is actually a natural thing and a natural behaviour to do. We need to be aware that probably all of us have some insecurities. A micro-cheat with a stranger versus with an ex-partner will make some people feel more insecure, but for others it'll be the opposite. And it's the same with people who are close friends or colleagues. For some people, it's going to be feeling less risky in terms of micro-cheating. For others, it'll feel more risky. If you think about it, relationships have to have conditions. Think about your relationship with life. The conditions of your relationship with life are oxygen, nutrients, and shelter. Without these conditions, you have no relationship with life. You can love life unconditionally, but you have conditions on your relationship. And it's the same as all of our relationships. They must have conditions. So we need to know what are the conditions of micro-cheating. We need to spell out what is clear-cut and not acceptable because in the relationship with life and with our significant partner, there's what's not acceptable, which is a lack of oxygen, nutrients and shelter, and what is acceptable, and that's what we need to work out. So managing micro-cheating is all about awareness, communication and shared values, and I'll give you some tips about these a bit later on. But micro-cheating can also be a sign that there's trouble in paradise. The relationship might be in trouble. The person acting out might be in trouble, feeling insecure, bored, out of their depth or uncomfortable and not knowing why, perhaps unhappy in themselves or in the relationship, or perhaps isn't emotionally mature enough to be able to seek to have their needs met in themselves or in their relationship. Often people don't realise they're in trouble until someone outside the relationship shows them some interest or attention. Often people take the seemingly easier, quicker way to feel good by looking outside the relationship. It might even indicate you're not with the right person or in the best relationship, and it might be time to be honest with yourself. In romantic relationships, our deepest core issues are triggered harder and faster than anywhere else in life. On the question of what does going too far look like, that's when one in the relationship feels that it's too far for them. And that may be a good thing or not a good thing. Often there's been an assumption that each has the same opinion and values about what constitutes too far until it plays out and shows that they don't. At other times, the person going too far can be testing their partner to find out if they care or to get their affection or attention or to alert them that they are unhappy, insecure or scared that their partner was actually going to leave them. If you wouldn't feel comfortable about telling your partner or hearing it from them, then it's probably too far. If you're scared of any of these things about telling your partner about a micro-cheat or hearing it from them, then it's definitely too far. So can a so-called micro-cheat actually be normal behaviour? Well, take, for instance, what do you do when your partner thinks it's not okay to be attracted to anyone else outside the relationship? 
and yet you can't seem to help noticing other attractive people. Well, it's natural and healthy for sexually active human beings to find others attractive. If you're being told it's not okay to have normal reactions like this, then you need to assess whether this is coercive control happening in your relationship rather than actual micro-cheating on your part. And these are times when a psychologist can help. In my first book on romantic relationships and self-development, I wrote about romantic relationships being actually the most dangerous place in the world because they trigger our core wounds harder and faster than anywhere else. The book got great reviews by the Australian Psychological Society, Relationships Australia, and it's available still in bookstores and links are in the show notes. So let's look at some solutions and tips. When can micro-cheating go too far and how do you know where the line is? Well, managing micro-cheating is all about awareness, communication and shared values. The line or boundaries needs to be set by the couple. Consciously talk about this and make an agreement about your relationship deal or psychological contract. Remember, your relationship needs conditions. That's how it's a healthy relationship. And remember to spell out what's clear-cut, not acceptable, and what is okay. Have examples. For example, a peck on the cheek of a friend may be absolutely acceptable in some relationship versus a kiss on the lips not. When new situations arise, it's an opportunity to keep exploring boundaries and for the relationship to keep developing and growing, as well as ourselves, of course. Be open to reassessing this ongoingly. Life can and does change people significantly, and so serious relationships often change significantly. Be careful about so-called deal breakers. If someone's resentful enough, they might just unconsciously do the very thing they know will hurt you the most. Check in with yourself, looking outside the relationship, then catch yourself doing so and look back in the relationship. Step back into it for the solution to the problems. Remember, if you wouldn't tell your partner nor want to hear about a particular micro-cheating, it probably is micro-cheating. And when it's with an ex, most people would find that problematic because it seems to be a move backwards, implying that your current partner isn't as good. It can scream comparison or unfinished business or regret, whereas a micro-cheat with someone else is often less complicated and less threatening. Be open to reassessing whether coercive control is really happening versus you actually micro-cheating on your partner. It's natural and healthy for an active sexual human to find others attractive outside their serious relationship. It's what you do about this that matters. For a conscious, healthy couple, micro-cheating can actually be a positive way to monitor your relationship. These micro-cheats give us information. They tell us something's happening to ourselves, to the other, or to the relationship. If we pay attention, we can work out what and why it's happening and what to do about it. All of us must keep growing if we're to stay healthy, and so must our relationships. It's a sign that growth is happening or needs to happen in some way. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening right now. Plus, don't forget you can access all of the resources mentioned in today's podcast via the show notes.
Is there a pressing issue or topic you'd like me to discuss? Head to my Instagram at dramandaferguson and send me a DM. I love hearing from my listeners. If anything discussed in this podcast has caused you concern or distress, contact your general practitioner or health provider. To locate a psychologist in your area, call the Australian Psychological Society and locate Find a Psychologist Service on 1800 397 or visit www.findapsychologist.org.au. If you or someone you know is in crisis, Lifeline is available 24-7 on 13 11 14 and Kids Helpline, again 24-7, on 1800-55-1800 and both are free of charge. To find out more about me, please visit my website, dramandaferguson.com.au. You can find the link in my show notes. The opinions expressed by guests in these podcasts aren't necessarily shared by me.